Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. I'm with Oliver Thompson today, who's an old friend of mine. He's a personal impact expert and author. Now, Oliver is on a mission. He believes that everyone deserves to be happy, healthy, and successful, however, often lose the way. And because of this, he's passionate about helping organizations to improve the way they do business and how they operate now and in the future. Oliver works with clients such as MasterCard, Warner Bros, Estee Lauder, and UK Athletics, creating measurable results from a full range of development solutions, and they're for leaders, teams, and corporate cultures. His work helps to shift mindsets to a more open and innovative way of thinking. Oliver is also a celebrated keynote speaker and author of How to Train Your Business Brain. So it's great to have Oliver here today. Let's see what he's got to say. Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today, I have got Oliver Thompson. So how are you doing, Ol? Um, I'm good, my old friend. How are you? I'm, I'm really good, really good. It, it, it's great to have you on the podcast. And obviously, I've, I've known you from years gone by. So thank you very much for your time today. That's yeah, brilliant. It's brilliant to be involved. And it's good to see you uh, doing all these things. It's really refreshing to see people in this particular moment in time doing dynamic and exciting projects with helping their business and their future. So it's great. I'd love to be, love to be part of it. Great stuff. And, and what, have, what have you been doing this week? Have you been working on exciting stuff yourself? Oh, that's a good question. What have I been doing? If I, was to, if I was to break it down into three parts, I would be working very hard on my businesses because I've got interest in a number of, of, of businesses. Uh, a lot of them involve coaching. So I've been coaching some lots of young people who are who have lost their way a little bit because they've either been made redundant or just come out of university and not sure where, they, where their, their careers are going to be. So I've been helping lots of people with that. Um, also business owners and people in, in business, helping them just uh, think differently. And also I've been exercising, my friend. I've been doing lots of running. I do lots of running and a lot, do a lot of mixed martial arts to keep myself mentally and physically in tune. So I've been doing a lot of that as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Sounds like it's been a great week. And yeah. obviously we'll talk a little bit more about why you're doing so much running and training <laughs> um, as, as yeah. part of your story in a bit. So, um, well, the, the, way, the way I generally start the podcast is for you to, to introduce your story, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what you do. Um, so it's all right if we, if we go from there. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, well, actually, we've known each other most of our lives, really, haven't we? From Yeah, yeah. I was born on the on the Wirral, as you were, and it's interesting because I had a I had a passion for I was very good at art, right, and so I ended up going to university studying interior design, and I hated it <laughs> because because it just wasn't you know some people thrive in those environments but for me it, it just it wasn't entrepreneurial it wasn't interesting enough. And in the evenings, I was DJing in local sort of bars and nightclubs in Liverpool and the Wirral and stuff. And I missed that, that energy and I missed earning that cash. And so I left, actually, and I, I went back to doing that. And I got a job in the day um, working in a call centre for a bank selling products and services. And I remember saying to myself, you've got to make the most of this. Learn how to do it really, really well. So I found this guy who was the, the best seller in this call centre and I sat down with him. And he told me how to, how to succeed at the job. And there's one sort of superpower that I have is that I don't complicate things. I, I'm curious. So I was very curious and I absorbed what he said and I just did it. 
right? Just do it. Yeah, right? I just yeah. did it. And I didn't overcomplicate it. And I had the discipline to do it. And even when it was uncomfortable, I did the things that he told me to do. And it worked. And I was breaking records at selling in this call center and stuff. And it's actually, I thought, if I'm here, I'm going to enjoy it. And to enjoy it, you've got to be good at something. So I did that. And then eventually they asked me to become a trainer. And I then became part of the training team. And then they asked me to set up call centers for the clients, which I did that. And then I sort of suddenly ended up in London by um, being outsourced to a call center requirement, shall we say, for six weeks. I ended up staying here all my life since then. <laughs> and it's just weird, isn't it, how I started off, you know, in call centers, then training, then back to call centers. And then I managed a team of over 100 call center agents for a big global company. Um, and that's how I started my leadership and my mindset interest, because I just thought, well, I'm young. I was 23 24 managing all these people and i read anthony robbins um uh it was which which one was it, it, was, it was, i think it was unleash the power within yeah yeah read that. Right. yeah and it was a really good book and i started just practicing all the stuff that i was learning because that's my superpower just read practice learn put it into play and it was working i was getting you know promotions and stuff and then I was poached by an entrepreneur and we built his business up over three years and he sold it for millions and millions of pounds. He's become one of my best friends. And I taught, I was taught a lot from that experience as well, how to be an entrepreneur. So I set up my own business and that was nearly 20 years ago. And now I've got Oliver Thompson training, which is a sort of training consultancy coaching company built around neuroscience and behavioral psychology. Yeah. Um, and I've written a book called how to train your business brain available in all good bookstores and some bad ones. And I've got interest. <laughs> I've got interest in other businesses as well um, around smart working. So, you know, I'm busy because I like to be busy, but I love, I love helping people become happy, healthy, and successful because I think everyone deserves that. But we don't have the patterns to do it. That's wow. how I would say it. Well, I think you know that that that's a great story. And you know, has the last the last twelve months been challenging for you? Because obviously, we've we've gone through this process of being locked down, and has it yeah. impacted your business? Yes, it has. Um, it, it undoubtedly can't help but impact most businesses. And when you say impact, I mean, there's been some, some good elements to it, actually. So what's interesting about um, being self-employed, as you know, every year is a challenge. Every, every month is a challenge, isn't it? And it has its highs yeah. and lows. And the environment plays a major part in how successful your business is going to be. But you can't allow the environment to shape your actions. So you've got to work within the environment and be agile enough to adjust. And so when COVID arrived, um, what was interesting is I, I started a business with a, a good friend of mine called Ruth and we started the smart working revolution, which is, we started it about three years ago. We're banging the drum that you don't have to do a nine to five. Yeah. The nine to five's dead. Why are we commuting? Why are we destroying the planet by commuting? Why are we locked in cages nine to five, working for people that we don't respect, doing things we hate? Whereas we can, we can spend more time with our families working in hubs or working from home or working remotely, working on holiday if you want to, you know? Yeah, definitely. You don't, and, and people were sort of rejecting it. COVID arrives and then suddenly our doors were being, you know, knocked down by organisations and individuals wanting to learn how to work remotely and how to lead remotely. And so that's been a big success. But obviously the other elements, people have had to take time out because people aren't earning the money they've, they've been used to businesses have had to pivot and focus on other things so it's been slower in terms of oliver thompson training but the smart working revolution has been has been a revolution actually and it's been refreshing to pe to, to speak to people who were dinosaurs and living in that traditional mindset and helping them awaken 
to a new reality and a new age of how we should be working in the future. So it's been tricky and it's been also been exciting. Uh, so it sounds sounds like it's it's been a, a journey and a mm. really real real interest one. And I know from yeah. my own personal experience of understanding smart smart working and the smart thinking that goes with that. You know, we, we in a in a way we have been forced, haven't we? You know, to to this change. The, yeah. It's gonna happen anyway. It was gonna happen at mm. some point in time. But actually, you're ahead of the curve with your thinking and helping people to be able to do that is obviously really interesting and exciting work to be doing. Well, it's 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 that's a really good point. And what's happened is we've been forced into pandemic working, which is not smart working, but lots of people think it is, and so they get very black and white. You know what the brain's like, Paul. People are very binary, so it's home working or it's office working. Well, it's not. Smart working is a a multitude of different different shift patterns, different locations, and actually pandemic working is very restrictive because you can't go out to a restaurant, you can't go meet your friends, yeah. you can't go to a hub, you can't go to the office when you need to. And so it's a blended solution that when we come out of this, we need to really think about the customer experience and what the customer needs in terms of outcomes. And then we, we create a working structure around that that delivers those outcomes, but also not just for the customer, but for also the people working in the organization. And it could be a blended option. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I remember bumping into somebody uh, not too long back in Marbella, and I was talking to him, and he said, you know, he, he was semi-retired, but he was still working. Mm. And he said, the, the beauty is, I've I've driven down right through from from England, right through France, right right through Spain to the, to the south coast. He said, because I can, because I do smart working, yeah. I can work from anywhere. You know, I bring me dogs down. And, you know, I can sit off in the sun and do the work that I need to do because I can. But, you know, you've got to be in the mindset and the right frame of, uh, you know, it's, it's a mindset shift to be able to do that. It, it absolutely is. And I, I can tell you now, I've been working smart for 20 years. I mean, you know, I, I go to, actually, I go to Marbella a lot because my sister lives out there. My brother's got a place out there. And I go and work. I take my laptop. I'm really productive. I've worked in Brazil. I've worked in Croatia. I've worked in the south of France where my father lives. I, I'm not restricted to an office. Or my office is my laptop, actually. And if you're sharp enough to manage your time effectively and be disciplined and have the right attitude, you can work anywhere. That's the beauty of it. De definitely, definitely. And we're starting to tap into your mindset there. And, yeah. and do, do you know, as, as you said, it, it is quite different. Although we're being forced into this home working piece, it's not the same as smart working compared to, to pandemic being locked down. And you're quite right. A lot of people struggle to, to see the difference between what you just explained is home working or being in the office mm. and what you're, what you're talking about is smart working. So that, that's brilliant the way you've, you've talked that through and explained that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, we have to understand that the future is going to be different on the back of what's happened this year or the last 12 months. It's how you deal with what the difference is. You know that better than most, right? So as you say, you, you've, you've been doing that for 20 years. So to, to be successful in business and be the entrepreneur that you are and, and everything that you've achieved to date, um, why, why is mindset so important to what you do? Uh, I think it's everything. Because there's, for me, there's two, uh, there's two realities. Right? I've studied tirelessly to get to the level of understanding I have. So neuroplasticity, growth mindset, NLP, mindfulness. I'm all qualified in all of these things. And the, the thread of all of that is there are two realities. There's the internal reality and there's the external reality, okay? So the external reality, you cannot control the majority of that, okay? So whatever happens around you 
if you try and control that, you're going to be eternally unhappy, really, because there's lots of things that, that d- determine fate. And you need to let go of those things, right? And you need to start working on your internal resources, your internal world. And that is things like how you manage time, how you manage happiness, so what makes you happy, what your purpose is, how disciplined you are to do the things that you want to do, the relationships that you decide to make. Everything's a choice. How healthy you are, right? Every Everything that you're doing is leading you towards a happier, healthier, more successful life. But some people sabotage that because if you think about it our 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 education system is outdated it it educates you on remembering timelines in history remembering dates kings and queens remembering algebra and maths all the stuff that you never need right and reading books which are very interesting by the way it's all good stuff but it doesn't help you in life it's not life skills like how to have great relationships how to manage money how to buy a house how to start a business how to overcome anxiety none of that's taught so what we end up doing you and i is teaching people those skills and they're the internal world resources that we all need that when you get to 30 and 40 You've never tapped into them. So people sit here with me sometimes, you know, before the pandemic, and they'll say, I'm really unhappy. I'm wealthy. I've got a great family, but there's something missing, or I don't spend enough time with my family. And all I know is that I spend time internalizing my resources, like agility, tenacity, empathy. And if you develop those as qualities and traits of a, of a of human nature, you're in a better place to overcome the challenges that life gives you because life is not easy and people want life to be easy. Well, it's not. And actually the difference between successful people and unhappy people is that they know that and they have those internal resources to overcome the challenges that occur. And that's how I see the world. Absolutely, absolutely spot on. You know, and it's amazing, isn't it? How people can, you know, on the outward look at you know looking in at people to think that they've got the car they've got the house you know they look like they've got the lifestyle but actually a lot of these people are not happy because they're not happy internally with themselves yeah absolutely right i'll give you a great sort of analogy of this which is you know talk about running marathons right i I love to run and i've run a few marathons and i enjoy it and people look at me and go are you mad why would you want to do that (laughs) right but actually if you think about this right take a marathon if i came to your house Paul, with a gun and i said to you you're going to run a marathon tomorrow and if you don't i'm going to shoot your family that's a threat yeah. and you know how the brain works that threat is going to cause havoc in your in your internal system especially if you've not trained for a marathon especially in lockdown where we might be eating pizzas too often drinking wine too often not exercising and you're thinking if i don't run this marathon my family are going to die right that's yeah. different to this which is paul we're going to run a marathon we're going to do it next year we're going to run the london marathon next year and we're going to raise fifty thousand pounds for a charity we're going to really enjoy the experience of getting fitter and healthier we're going to get a personal trainer running expert we're going to go out with some friends and family we're going to get them fit and we're going to have a little schedule and we're going to enjoy it and when we run the london marathon our friends and family will be there at the end to cheer us on and it's going to feel amazing it's still a marathon but it's how you frame the situation or the 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 outcome you're looking to achieve now most people They don't plan and they don't get excited about those plans. What they do is they wait for things to happen until actually good things turn into bad things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's such a a great analogy because, 
you know, it's it's that plain pain and pleasure, isn't it? Yeah. That Anthony Robbins talks about. You know, a lot of people wait until they feel some kind of pain to get motivated about what they do. That's right. But, but actually, you, you don't get long term change happening on the basis of that. It's always it'll always be short term. It, it absolutely. It's the hedonistic brain that we have. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're designed for safety and security, and that leads to comfort. But then, of course, there's always consequences to the values and the behaviors we display. And if we don't work out what those consequences are going to be by having plans in place for achieving the dreams that we have, then we're going to be almost victims to the environment. And I don't want to be that. And I help people not become victims, but become empowered by creating a vision for their life and then putting those strategies, those disciplines, those ideas and those actions into play every single day, even when they're difficult. You know, we don't like to, yeah. to make difficult decisions or do difficult things. Well, unfortunately, you know, when, when you're challenged, what an amazing experience it is to overcome those challenges and become better. I'd much rather have progress than perfection. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. You, you speak in my language. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that obviously you really, I'm, I'm a massive believer in doing what you love and mm getting people to do what they love. And I, I talk to my kids about, you know, if you're going to make choices, do it on the basis of what you're passionate about and what you love. Now, you just mentioned then that you, that you love running and yeah. I know that you're now doing a challenge itself. Could, could you tell us a little bit about that challenge? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, the first challenge is I'm an endomorph. And what I mean by that is my body shape is like a square. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not designed for long distance running. I'm more designed for sort of rugby or sumo wrestling. So the first thing is I've got to overcome my physical limitations. And so by what I like to do is when I'm studying mindset and studying a neuroscience, I like to actually apply it, as I said earlier, because otherwise I'd feel a bit fraudulent. So one of the things I do is I do challenge myself every year to do something physical, right? And um, as I've mentioned, I've done lots of marathons. I've also done some Ironmans. But this year, a, a great friend of mine um, has been diagnosed with uh, some brain tumours. And he's also got a, a, a very ill child. So he's set up a charity. And I want to raise money for that charity because I feel for him so much because he can't work because of his brain tumors. His wife is looking after this kid and it's a stressful life for him. But he's such an optimist. He's a UK athletics middle distance coach. So he's got the mindset thing down. So when you speak to him, it's just so impressive because actually you'd be on your knees. Normal people would be on their knees going, why has this happened to me? But for him, he's an internal optimist. So I want to, I want to lock onto that and help him out. And also I lost my sister to cancer when I was 21, she was 32. And so that's been a thread of, of, of my life where I wanna make the most of what I do every single moment of every single day, otherwise it's a waste of time. And I've got a local hospice here that I wanna raise money for. So I'm splitting my, my fundraising between these two charities. So the hospice and also um, Roger Hughes's um, charity. So I'm running seven marathons in seven days. It was due to happen last April. Um, in conjunction with Watford Football Club, who allowed me to start on the pitch and then finish on the, the next home game uh, seven days later. But obviously, COVID's put a stop to that. But I'm still training. I mean, I've been training five times a week, running uh, long distances, short distances, whatever I can get in. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to raise £20,000 for £10,000 each for these charities. But it's just keeping me fit, keeping me focused, but also self-pity. I can't have self-pity because I look at Roger and I look at the people that go into that hospice and I think to myself, do you know what? I'm, I'm bloody lucky here. And 
what's interesting is people say, how do you motivate yourself to get off the sofa? Well, let me tell you, if I'm in a hospital bed with, with very little chance of survival, those people would give anything to have one day in my life. And if I can't get off my backside and go for a five mile run, what's the point, right? And it's about perspective. And so I, I thrive on the fact that I sit there and I'm not motivated, I feel a bit tired. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. If I'm Roger, he would give anything for my moment. So I'm going to go out there and do it. And that's what I want to do. And I want to raise awareness for, for these charities and just raise awareness that health is really, really important, not just physically, but mentally. Brilliant, brilliant. So, you know, I think there's a couple of things there. One, firstly, what an amazing cause. And obviously, you know, your own personal experience as well with your sister. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the way you explain that about not feeling self-pity because there, there are people who are worse off than yes. you if you're healthy and making the most of that, absolutely. Uh, uh, listen, Paul, part, part of sorry, part of that actually, it's a really relevant point, which is when you, my sister was ill for three years with cancer, right? And spending time with someone who's living that life and absorbing that knowledge actually has helped me so much. It's ironic, isn't it? It's the paradox of yeah. failure and bad news and disaster. But if you don't take something from it that you can use and serve well in your life and to other people, then, then what's the point? Right. Yeah, it's, it's totally agree. I mean, you know, my, my dad passed away um, back in 2016 and yeah. just seeing the legacy that he left mm -hmm. made me want to think about what I was really doing about mine, you know, and it's it. those experiences in life that you think, well, you can either, mm -hmm. you know, obviously still mourning and mourning, mourning for years uh, yeah. of his passing, but to take that experience and do something powerful with it, you know, so, you know, I do, I do understand what you're saying. And you know, do, do, doing, doing the marathons and obviously the, the, the work that you do and it takes a certain type of mindset, mm. how would you describe your mindset then? And I know you, you've already given us a little bit of insight with, with everything that you've explained so far, but how would you describe it? Uh, firstly, I'd describe it as optimistic. So um, every day I wake up enjoying the prospect of existing and living and thriving, right? Because there's too many people that can exist, but you know, the first step is I'm awake. The second step is what am I going to do with this conscious awareness? And the third thing is putting that into action with a sense of purpose. So I'm very optimistic and I'm also very outcome orientated and action orientated. You can call that discipline, focus, whatever you want to call it. But I, you know, you know this, having your own business, there's, there's going to be more problems than successes. And I actually enjoy the challenges that come my way. All right. So for example, you know, you've been working on Zoom for about a year. So have I. Sometimes the internet doesn't blooming work. Right? <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, right. And you think, oh, it's painfully. I've got, I've got to present a, you know, I was presenting a, a festival of smart working in Cornwall with 68 people on this, some politicians, you know, and my internet was terrible. So what do you do? Well, me being resourceful, that's another part of my mindset, is I have a, I have a, a, a separate Wi-Fi. Um, which I can tap into because I know that if I just relied on one option, it might fail. So you have to have two or more options, right? Yeah. So you pull up on that and it works. So I'm optimistic. I'm kind of disciplined and focused, but I'm also resourceful and tenacious. And I think it's, these, are, these are the superpowers that I teach people. So I've got to teach myself those and I've lived to those, those, those traits, those rules, if you like. Um, whereas most people would be, a little bit 
um, we would succumb a little bit to the outside environment and not take those chances that I take. I, I'm a risk taker, but I'm a calculated risk taker. And I don't allow outside factors to sabotage where I'm headed. I just have to adjust. Um, so I think that's a key lesson in terms of mindset, which is if you have a dream, sometimes things will be thrown at you, that, but you have to learn to adapt and adjust and be agile, but still be tenacious. Um, and I think that's a real asset. And I think finally, you know, I like people and I'm good with people and I've got a huge network of friends and, and colleagues and clients and I want to do a bloody good job. If I'm doing something, I do it well, not perfect, but I do my best. And I think people see that and value that. And that's why I have loyal clients. I don't market my business. I get recommended and I've been doing that for 20 years. I don't think I've ever done a marketing campaign. I think if you do good work and you invest in going out there and networking and sharing ideas and not being fearful of letting, letting go of some of your, your concepts and some of your intellectual property, I think it serves you well. And I think you've got to go out there and meet different people, whether you like them or not. Brilliant, brilliant. Great, great explanation. So, so to, to, to build on that, what practical tips would you give to others to, to develop their mindset and, and obviously to the listeners listening to this podcast yeah okay so uh let me let me okay let me think about there's three things i would do the first thing is um i would decide now how you want your life to be so in my in my how to train the business brain book the first chapter actually is about mindset and it talks about we are we are the star of our show you know we are this is our this is our, our screenplay isn't it right and as far as i'm aware we don't have a second chance, <coughs> excuse me. So essentially I am not only the star of the show, but I'm also the director, I'm the Steven Spielberg and the Tom Hanks as well. So what an amazing opportunity to go out there, stand on my stage and go and design what this, this play, this film's gonna look like, okay? And I don't want it to be a horror film. I want it to be a success story, right? And so I think you have to lay out the vision of what you want your life to be like, regardless of, of other people's pressures. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I, I've started my own business, but you, you know, someone might out there might want to start a charity or, or just have a simple life living in the country, you know, whatever it is, do it, right? And then the second thing is be curious. So I read a lot, I go on YouTube a lot and I learn and learn, but the key to learning is not just absorbing, it's doing. So when you have this life plan, what you've got to go out there, when you learn something is go and do what you've learned, practice it. Then you can be an educator because that wisdom then can be passed on. And that's a real strength of character to be able to learn something, but then to accept the fact that if I'm going to learn something and put it into play, I'm not going to be great at it now. So I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall over and all that sort of stuff. But actually, if you apply yourself with practical application, that wisdom then, then sparks imagination in your mind and, and it sparks that, that tenacity that you need and that passion. So when you have that passion, it, anything that derails you will not derail you for too long. So I think the first thing is have that vision and that passion and set that screenplay up. Learn, be curious and apply. And then I think the third thing for me is that, that going back to relationships, is there are lots of toxic people out there. There's lots of toxic places. There's lots of toxic things. You know, we can be obsessed with alcohol and drugs and, and even exercise or apathy. Um, we can spend too long with the wrong people. What you have to do 
is if you've mapped out what your life needs to be, is you have to find that community of supporters, that tribe that you want to invest that time in because you have a limited amount of time. So don't waste your time with people that are going to put you off, the people that are going to sabotage your happiness. You've, and, and it might be a very small group, but that loyal group, that community that you have, that you are part of and you're part of their group can support each other in the dark times and those difficult times. And I think that's really important because with social media now, we think having lots of followers and, 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 and listening to lots of people is important. It's the complete opposite. There's lots of rubbish out there that people spout and lots of bad people that are in contact with you. We have to put those phones and those laptops away and we have to think about who's the top 10 in my life and how do I spend some more time with them? That's what I would suggest. Brilliant advice, Ali. I really, really love that advice. Thanks. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously on the basis of you've been doing this for quite a, quite a long time now, who, who's actually helped you over the years or inspired you to, to do what you do and, and the mindset that you've got? Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned my sister. I think having spent time with her going through what she went through to a degree inspired me to, to thrive every day rather than suffer every day. That's the first thing. Yeah. Um, when I worked um, when I worked at the call center, I think I, was, I started there when I was probably about 20. There was a guy called David Steer, who was a team leader. And he was a real inspiration, actually. He doesn't really know this, but he did sit there and go, look, Ollie, you're young, you've got lots of potential. And I, I can really help you succeed here if you're willing to be open-minded, listen, and just apply yourself. And those three principles serve you well in life, don't they? Listen to people who care about you, apply what they tell you, right? And commit mm -hmm. to it and, and, and look at what that success looks like. And I just, you know, when I got there, I wanted to be good at what I did, not, not beat, beat everyone and be really overly competitive, but to, the only competitive element I have is be better than, than me yesterday. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I want to be better every day and improve. And that's how I apl applied that with his help. And he was really supportive as a coach. And that was really, really good. And then funny enough, you know, reading Anthony Robbins's book, Anthony Robbins is probably the world's greatest coach, isn't he? And when I read, uh, you know, Unleash the Power Within, it, he became my coach, my internal dialogue, if you like, yeah. you know. And then when you have the internet comes on board and you have YouTube, and you can see some of the stuff that he does. And I went to go and see him in London. And a lot of it is is showmanship and all that sort of stuff but actually learning how he presents online learning how he presents on stage looking at the techniques he gives inspired me to learn nlp and and be a presenter and you have to have these role models i think that that guide you and drive you and i think you know my sister is definitely one i think anthony robbins is one i think my father being an entrepreneur and he was an architect very successful architect very much of a character he was very popular in terms of um, of his, his his demeanor and his attitude, his attitude was always go out and do it and laughing and smiling and cracking a joke. Um, and I think you know I've had that DNA installed in me somewhere, obviously. And yeah. I think I've I've seen that and I've learned those patterns unconsciously. And I think you know he would be a role model. Um, and I just love exploring success. I mean, we talk about football a lot, and I've read you know Roy Keane's autobiography yeah. and I like some of his traits and I don't like some of his traits um, but reading the autobiography you, you, what you do is when reading these autobiographies you take out these these skills or these attitudes and you and what I do is I just apply it in 
and I discard the ones that aren't relevant for me because I'm unique, you know, I've got my own identity. Yeah. Um, and so learning from, from these, these successful individuals is, is fascinating. I think finally, um, my friend Andrew Pierce, who's this entrepreneur who set up his big call center organization, I, I helped work with him to, to, to develop that and sell it. He's a serial entrepreneur, multimillionaire, but you know what? He's a bloody good bloke. Yeah. Right? And I think that's important is it doesn't matter whether he's got money or not. He's just the same. He's just a good bloke. And we have a great time together. And I just think hum, being humble and being honest and being vulnerable as well. He can be vulnerable when he needs to be, you know, and we've, you know, we've sat, sat around a table and, you know, things haven't worked out and we've shared problems and we've, we've supported each other. And, and I'm, it's so nice to see someone who you, who is, is very, very successful but also is able to say, well, it's not perfect. You know, I've got problems in my life and I can learn from all of the things that, that, that he gives me in terms of business, but I've also helped him in terms of life skills, you know, and it's a great partnership that. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all people, aren't we? You know, yeah. whether you're successful or, you know, we all have trials and tribulations. And yeah. So I do, I do like to conclude this. You, you shared some brilliant information, some brilliant advice. I do like to conclude this with a, with a fun story. Um, so I don't know if you've got one, obviously, in your, your exploits that you could share with us and the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got a cracking one, actually. I, um, my first London marathon that I ran <clears throat> was, uh, God, blimey, it was 2001. I'm old. Um, <laughs> but I trained tirelessly with a group of people for this, uh, this London marathon. And it's really exciting when you run these things. I mean, it, the London is fantastic. Yeah. And I was really hoping for a good time. And I thought I'd do around about four hours, which is decent, you know? And so eight of us started in this group and eventually we all split up. And I was really pleased to, to, to know that I was the first finisher of that group and that all the sort of discipline that I put in play and all the training I put in play, it really served me well. But, but what was unfortunate is that at the end of the, um, the, the London Marathon, you have a photograph taken and I'd finished behind a womble and ahead of a rhinoceros, <laughs> which, which is kind of undermining all the hard work and the, in my mind. You know, you, know you, you can imagine Sebco reaching for that finishing line and going, I could show everyone that photograph and put it on the wall. <laughs> the, the picture they sent me was of a womble and a rhinoceros with me sandwiched in between. <laughs> and you just think, you know, even Uncle, Uncle Bulgaria beat me <laughs> after all that time and energy. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but you know what? I've done loads of London marathons since and I've got yeah. my time down and I've beaten, I've, I've beaten that Uncle Bulgaria. That was great, you know, going past him. I bet, I bet, I bet, yeah, I bet, yeah, that was, that was the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, that was the pinnacle of my, my, my sporting uh, achievements. <laughs> oh, that sickled me, brilliant. Uh, okay, so, so to, to finish off, thank you very, very much for your time. If you were to give us any final piece of advice, what, what would it be? Um, okay, my final piece of advice would be... Um, I, I work with lots of people more so now than ever that suffer from anxiety, okay? Yeah. And they suffer from anxiety more than, more than ever because I think they, they want their life to pan out how they have it in their mind, in their dream, right? And I said earlier about planning that dream, but what they tend to do is they expect every day to be great. And as soon as something derails their happiness, they don't know what to do. 
And they have to understand that life is not about happiness. Happiness is not the biggest driver, okay? What it is, they have to learn to grow and progress. So that's why you need to have that ambition, that vision. Yeah. You need to scope it out. And every day when you wake up, it's another step towards a fulfilling life, not a happy life. Because if you're fulfilled and you're progressing, that is happiness. Happiness is not a destination. Happiness is doing something every day that is worthwhile. And that's the advice I'd give. Brilliant. That is fantastic. Right. Well, I will, close, I will close there. And thank you very much for sparing me your time. It's an been absolute an pleasure. absolute pleasure. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And if anyone wants to sponsor me, please go on to um, my uh, Instagram or my Facebook account, which is uh, Oliver Thompson on Facebook and Ollie Thompson. I think it's OllieT07 on Instagram. And you'll see a little link to the, uh, the sponsorship page. It'd be really great if you could track my progress and give me a little bit of money, regardless of how little it is. It's all important. Please do. I hope everybody gets behind you. Cheers, mate. And I'll speak to you soon, yeah? Thank you. It's been amazing having Ollie on today's episode and obviously sharing his story and some real enlightening points as well. His aspiration to find people who are very, very successful and to copy what they do to be successful himself, something that we can all do. You know, he taught to us about new ways of working, that you can work anywhere in the world at any point in time if you make the shift, and it's a mindset shift, to smart working. And I love the fact that he's been doing so much running and his drive and motivation. And actually, the fact that there's people worse off is his motivation, people worse off than him, is his motivation to just get up and go running. But overall, his entrepreneurial spirit and his mindset to make things happen, to be a successful entrepreneur and to share his story with us today. I hope you found it useful and I look forward to the next episode of the podcast.